Hey everyone, welcome to But Why the Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the things in pop culture that people say matter and ask the question, but why though? Before we get started, we wanted to make sure that you take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe us on iTunes or wherever you listen. It's the easiest way for people to find us and it helps us hear your feedback. Beyond that, come and join our conversation on Twitter at ButWhyThoughPC and on Facebook, facebook.com slash ButWhyThoughPC. And if you like what you're doing and you want to support us a little more, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash ButWhyThoughPC. And if a monthly subscription is too much for you, make sure you check out our t-shirts. We have t-shirts open on TeePublic and available for purchase on our website through the merch tab, ButWhyThoughPodcast.com. Enjoy the show. Elder Scrolls. As always, I'm your host Kate, and I'm here with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? And Matt. Hello. And today, a member of the Dark Brotherhood shall be leading us through this wild adventure of something I actually don't know a lot about. Matt, take it away. Um. Okay. And I guess since I am leading, as she just threw this on me, <laughs> but as we always start out with, as we start every episode with the question. Which, for some reason, Kate has abandoned saying this before she just throws it at people. Yes. For some new reason. New year, new me. <laughs> I don't know. We're, we're like we're two months two months in now. I don't know if you can say new year, new me anymore. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, wait. It's been really, like, by, for a long time. Like, wait, by the time I, this I comes out, won't it like be like the last... This will be like the last yeah, day of February. But I, did, I yeah. did not ask Adrian's question last episode. Thank you very much. It also took him a while to get used to it. Oh, shit. Oh, I gotta ask yeah. my own question. Yeah, what is this? What is this? I don't like change. I don't like change. I don't either. I mean, you doing the whole thing, do the first intro question, and then you give it to us. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> All right, so our opening question be: have it? have you guys played any of the Elder Scrolls games? And if you have, which is your favorite? I can go first. So, um, I've played... I have, like, a very, very vague, and I guess I technically can't say I played it, but I was aware of Morrowind. I played a well into Oblivion, and I played a shit ton of Skyrim, and I played a whole bunch of Elder Scrolls online with these two lovely gentlemen, and so that's why that one is my favorite, mostly just because I got to play with you guys. Awesome. Uh for me, I mean, I remember, I like, I was, I like, I would watch my uncle play Morrowind, like, over his shoulder. I think I had no idea what was going on in that game. Um, I played, like, a little bit of Oblivion, but I think I was, like, too young or, like, not patient enough to play a game as, like, open and crazy as Oblivion. Uh, But when Skyrim came out, I was all over Skyrim. I put well over the probably appropriate amount of time to put into a video game um, into Skyrim on the Xbox. And I got on my computer and, like, messed around with, like, mods and stuff. Um... And then, like Kate said, played Elder Scrolls Online for for a while. Uh, I think Skyrim is my favorite, just because I put the most time into it. I enjoy Elder Scrolls Online, but I don't just something about Skyrim is just Skyrim, and just like kind of like the single player thing has kind of always been my favorite thing about like the franchise. I can't like Skyrim because I tried quest hunting, and then one of the Daedric princes died. Princes died, and I can never get that achievement, so I never went back and played. 
Oh yeah, I just I just wanted to kill stuff and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and try different specs is pretty much all I did. <laughs> so I guess that's moving to me, and since I am like pretty much uh, leading this episode, um, I've played Daggerfall for a little bit, but not that vaguely remember that one. I've probably played Morrowind more than any other game I've ever owned to which I had an entire three-ring notebook printed out and made up of about 500 sheets of lore and pages of what you could do and where every artifact in the game was. This was long before, like, the internet was, like, great. So remind <laughs> me why you're running this episode again. <laughs> Are you qualified? <laughs> Are you qualified for this? <laughs> I still own my, the original uh, Xbox game, Morrowind game, from the original Xbox, not the 360, the original Xbox, along with I just got it for our new people my new PC uh, on there to be able to mod it because modding this game is apparently amazing. And you almost taught yourself Python so you could do it. Also true. (laughs) But I also played uh, Beat All of Oblivion and then I didn't quite finish Skyrim but I played quite a bit of Skyrim as well and then as you guys said I obviously played ESO with everybody and I was obviously played a lot more as I realized. I didn't realize to the very end on how how much higher I was level than you guys. We should say what our roles were. Well, I mean, I think Kate should go first there. Yeah, yeah. Because Kate, her, because first. we all changed roles, so Kate could uh, do yeah, what she much. wanted Basically, to do. Basically, uh, Adrian and I rotate between the roles, dictating <laughs> exactly. on which Kate does hate, decide to play per okay. game. Okay, I went from trying to do damage into being a tank because, well, it wasn't even a damage build. It was just a nothing build. Because I just wanted something. That it was, uh, I'm going to run into a room and then hope that Adrian can tank it all. And then our either pug healer or British healer with terrible internet could heal through it all. Uh, yes. Is basically yes. how that ran. How that went. And then I went into a tank and then it was all fine. Because yeah. Adrian turned into a freaking, uh, was it an orc rogue or nightblade? Yeah, I went into a, the sexy orc female nightblade. Uh, and off tanks when I had uh, to. Yo, she was really pretty. She was really pretty for an orc. You need to relax over there. <laughs> I saw that helmet. You need to relax. <laughs> and Matt, what were you? Oh, I just always played DPS because I refused to heal for you. Yes, also true. <laughs> Anyways, moving on to where this franchise began. So this franchise began in 1994, as we said before, at 24 years ago. And it basically started by Bethesda Software, or Software, Softworks is the publisher, and Bethesda Game Studios is technically the developer. Bethesda itself has grown a lot over the years, and so they actually kind of branched out to where they now have a, basically what's called Bethesda Game Studios, because they do a lot more stuff. <clears throat> and they obviously have a lot more uh, companies that work for them, such as, like, in ESO, Xenomax is actually the company that produces and develops uh, El- uh, Elder Scrolls Online and not Bethesda. They just use the realm in the world that Bethesda made. They also bankrupt Oculus. But that's <laughs> another story. <laughs> um, basically, the, also before, the fun fact for this is, for those of you who don't know, basically they made Wayne Gretzky hockey because before they actually started making the Elder Scrolls uh, series, they developed a few sports games, including Wayne Gretzky hockey. That seems like a really big leap from Wayne Gretzky hockey and do. Wayne Gretzky hockey was awesome. Were you an elf playing hockey? No, you were just Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> <laughs> you 
you'd be a moose, wouldn't you? <laughs> he's Canadian. No. Well, I think at the time, well, at the time he was in Los Angeles, so it was actually the weird thing because it made Los Angeles relevant in hockey, which is weird to think about in that day and age. There's no soap, snow. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, these games are classified as an action role-playing open-world fantasy. They're kind of hard to classify, especially as we go over kind of the details of some of the games because basically in this episode we're just kind of going to break down their main games and kind of the differences and kind of the evolution of their series of the series of their games this entire uh, universe is so expansive and so large that trying to do that in basically an hour is going to be insane so for this game this episode we're just going to focus on the games and how they work and what they do per se um that was probably one of the first um it was basically one of the first, like, free-forming games. Basically, that means it was non-linear and kind of this whole do-what-you-want. So you actually, when you, most people play the games, like, oh, I have a main quest or a main storyline, I do this, and I'm done. This is one of the really first games where you didn't have to even do the main quest, per se, or anything. You could literally do side quests. You could not do any quests. You could just go explore and find animals. You could do whatever you wanted to. And so, hmm? I was gonna say, so by free forming, do you mean like the the game forms to you? Yeah. So basically, a lot of the stuff that happens within these games, based on your choices, basically affects everything that happens within the world around you. So if you like, basically make some faction mad at you in one area of the game, when you go to another city, people of that faction now know about this and probably don't like you as much. So a lot of stuff like that happens. Um, obviously, it started out as a very, very high, uh, a lot of RPG elements, and then kind of more moves into this action base with our RPG elements. Um, it started out just originally on the PC, then as I said, it moved to Xbox with Morrowind, and eventually onto all the next generation consoles, such as 360 and the PS3, and then obviously the running joke is Skyrim pretty much on everything, and they're pretty much beating that thing to death. They're going to milk that until... Skyrim's basically everything. I just don't understand. It hasn't I mean, even been out that long. I, I mean, it's either like that or make a new entire game, which well, they basically done, a lot. But people, then we got Elder Scrolls Online, so are they really going to go back and like try and get a new whole new people game going? Been, people been really wanting Test Five. When I say when we say Test, it's basically the short uh, abbreviation of the Elder Scrolls, so T E S, uh, but or Text Six. My bad. But yeah, people have been wanting that for a while now because they usually they've been doing for a while. They did this increments of almost every two to three years when they released the games. Probably about actually probably about more of four years or so. And then basically once they got to with uh, they would alternate between that and when they bought the Fallout series. So they would release basically they would release like a game uh, like a test game. Two years later, release a Fallout game, then go back to basically a test game, and then back to a Fallout game. And then they kind of been slacking in the tests department because they just keep remastering and remaking and every possible way of doing Skyrim. As I, I mean, think. and selling downloadable content. That's the price of a full game for Elder Scrolls Online. Yeah. But a lot of the stuff that they have is basically actual expansions, which goes to the point, I'm not sure if this was one of the first games per se, or series per se, but their actual expansions they talk, that they have for a lot of these games are actual, like, they're expensive, but it's not what your generic DLC, what you find in most games nowadays, that are like, why the hell did I pay $20 for, like, three missions and a map? 
Yeah. These are like exclusive, like brand new zones, like good 30, almost like almost a little mini uh, single player game within itself. Um, to start off with, there are basically five main series games, two spin-offs, one MMO RPG, which we've obviously talked about, and then the one card game that just released last year. The list of the main games are Arena, and that came out in 1994, uh, with a rating from PC Gamer, which is really the only rating I could find back in <laughs> 1994, <laughs> which was an 88. It, it won uh, the RPG Game of the Year awards that year. Daggerfall, which came out in 1996, which won PC, which had a rating of PC Gamer rating of 90. It also won the RPG Game of the Year award. Morrowind, uh, which for came out in 2002, had a PC Gamer rating of 90, with actually Metacritic, which apparently finally came around, of 89, and that also won multiple RPG Game of the Year awards, depending on which console, whether it be PC or console. And also, this is about the time between here and then moving to the next one of Oblivion, which came out in 2006, where awards, apparently every news site had an award show. Yes. And so we are, they just gave out awards for everything. We should do But Why the Awards? What do you mean? We should give out our own awards. We wouldn't be any different than probably half the stuff you can look at that people exactly. claim. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> uh, Oblivion, which came out in 2006, had a PC gamer... Rating of 95, a Metacritic of 94, won multiple RPG Game of Year awards. And at the time, it's old, but at the time in 2007, PC Gamer named this their basically GOAT game. This is their greatest game of all time in 2007. I don't know what it is now, obviously, but at the time when this game was released, it won so many awards. And then moving on to 2011 with Skyrim. And it feels like every year since then on different consoles. Uh, it had a PC gamer rating of 94, a Metacritic w- of 94. It also won multiple RPG Game of the Year awards. And actually won overall Game of the Year awards for some. And for this game, I only went with the Metacritic scores for when it was actually released for the first time, basically, on the 360, the PS3, and the uh, PC. Because I think as you get them over and they started being ports and remastered, the ratings start dropping and dwindling kind of bit in the 80s. I say they drop, but they're like in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> and as far as the other games, I said there were two spinoffs. Uh, Battle Spire, which in 1997 came out. Apparently this was a dungeon delving focus and like PvP game. So it really kind of was layered out. It kind of, people didn't like it. And also Red Guard, which is 1998, which is basically a linear action adventure game, which you basically, they chose you a random Red Guard and you played through a linear story. These at first were kind of supposed to be designed to be expansions for Daggerfall, but then they ended up being their own games itself. They both kind of failed because everybody went from Arena and Daggerfall, these wide, huge open games, to basically like, here, play this like action-packed game, and they're like, yeah, we don't want this. Um, and then obviously Elder Scrolls Online, which we mentioned in 2014, which is the MMORPG, which actually apparently kind of really sucked when it was released on PC, (laughs) (laughs) and they had to revamp and redo everything before they finally released it on the consoles and other parts and got rid of subscriptions and a bunch of problems they had, but apparently had a Metacritic rating of an 80. Yeah, can attest. I I played it on launch um, when I was, like, trying to get out of playing World of Warcraft, um, and it just wasn't, it was, like, clunky. Like, it looked good, but it was clunky, and it just just wasn't up to par with, like, the other MMOs that were um, out there, so I'm glad they redid it and then just went the free to play option 
with like you know if you want to sub you can sub but you're not going to get you know an amazing experience like amazing things out of it so uh yeah. can test what you just said was there yeah i like their, their buy to play option they did where you basically had to buy just the game but no sub so yeah. did you try to like defeat your world of warcraft addiction with another mmo yeah, that's what that's what everyone does. Who's addicted? That's to what everyone does. That's what we're doing. That's, that's right what now you do, and wars. then you get oh. sad that you can't do it, and then you just go back to playing World of Warcraft. Like also true. Y'all, 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 not gonna see me when the new expansions come out. Like I am, I am bought <laughs> in. No more Guild Wars. Yeah, I am bought into those new expansions. One of the best YouTube videos, remember for this ESO when it first came out, is they did basically an hour and a half dungeon. And they fought through it, and they got to the end. They killed the boss, and they were given one gold. <laughs> and all of a sudden, some guy just like locked it. Because <laughs> they had to revamp everything, including currency and whatnot. Uh, and then Elder Scrolls Legends it came out last year. It's basically a card collectible game. Basically, if you think of Hearthstone, something like that with the Metacritic of 82. I've heard it was pretty good. Never played it, so I don't know. <laughs> basically, they just took characters in, in a deck building game. Awesome. So Hearthstone. Pretty much. Yeah. Basically, the uh, ES. Or Pokemon. Uh, or, you know. Any card game. Well, I think Hearth, I like to use Hearthstone for when we play it and stuff, but also because it kind of takes a series of, um, like Hearthstone takes uh, World of Warcraft universe and grabs all its characters and expansions uh, from that. That's basically what uh, the Elder Scrolls Legends. Yeah, it seems like lots of people are doing that, right? Like even Witcher yeah. has one now. Yeah, yeah pretty Gwent. much, yeah. Gwent? Yeah. 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 My dad loves Gwent. That dude is on Gwent all the time whenever I go there. <laughs> um, just because I was curious, I know it's not going to be um, on your thing, but. Uh, Elder Scrolls is 64 on IGN's top 100 video games of all time list that came out in 2012. And that's the only yeah. Elder Scrolls game on the nice. list, which is kind of surprising. I thought Oblivion would for sure would be on that list, but it was not. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we get some ranking stuff when we get to the but why those, which is also hard to take place because some of these games have came out so long ago, and especially if we talked before. Back in my day. No, no but really, though. But, but really, though, that's, that's, that's <laughs> all right. So we'll start with basically the the mechanics of basically the story main game. So we're going to talk about basically what we're going to talk about for the next part is basically arena, Daggerfall, Oblivion, or excuse me, Morrowind, then Oblivion, and then Skyrim because those are basically their main games. If you think of Elder Scrolls, you think those. That is what they're known for. That's what they have, and that's really what Bethesda's put their focus and what they've developed. As I said before, the Oculus bankrupting Xenomax developed Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, so all these games take place on this uh, continent of Tamriel, but in different provinces for each game, excluding Arena, which apparently you could go to all of the areas. So they let you free roam everything. But after that, they started like limiting to one province. And each of these provinces are basically made up of like where different races come from. So, each of the game also has its own time frame and story. So, why they are all within the same, um, I guess, universe, or like same universe, same lore, everything else, it's all their own time. Some of them are like, I think, basically, I think Skyrim is like 200 years after Oblivion, which I think is like way after Morrowind, per se, which all of it is way ahead of ESO and everything. It's weird. <laughs> But the cool thing about this is if you read the books within the games, which there's a lot of reading in these games, 
all the other games and the stories that you play through are mentioned within the game. So, like, there are literally books within, like, Oblivion called Morrowind that will tell you a short story of, basically, if you played the game, what happens. And, like, just to be, like, as explicit as possible, this isn't, like, a book outside of the video game. These are books that you can walk up to a bookshelf in the game and, like, click yeah, on I mean, to read, right? Yes, yes. So, like I said, they're off the bookshelf. They encourage reading in this game because you get skill skill levels and points <laughs> for them. But they also have a I, lot I just, of great I just, stories. I just like that Kate brought that point up about reading in, in the game. Because if you know, if you learn, if, if you play anything with Kate, you know it's a a a. Wait, what do I have to do? <laughs> Which we will definitely get to that in a later bit. But yes, it's one of my favorite things. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. just like hearing us fight. If you anything like well, high, like high I mean, fan. come on. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so each game, you create a character from one of the ten races. Each race has a basically a different starting bonuses or negative effects or both. Each r- race also dictates how everyone in the world per- how everyone perceives you in the world, because there is a lot of basically uh, basically politics, racism, slavery, uh, distrust. Uh, pretty much, if there's any social construct of any sort, religion, religion definitely plays another huge role then they have it and it takes place within the game. So basically picking your race in this game will affect how people treat you in this game. Yes. Uh, so just to go over it with a bro- brief overview of all of the races in here, we'll start with basically the humans, which are called man uh, races, obvious for the obvious reason. The Britons or the Manmar, which are basically like your magic characters, usually to play mages, and they're human descendants from High Rock, which is a province... They have the greatest diversity in appearance, and they're basically a politically fractured society. And so do they have the greatest diversity just because they're the ones that, like... Because I know, like, I tried to make a Dark Nord. It really didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm guessing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so these are basically great diversity as far as appearance. Yeah, they go from the whitest of the white to the blackest of the black. Or darkest of the darkest dark. Darkest of the dark. Yeah. <laughs> and all in between. Um... The next one would be the Imperials from Cyrodiil. They're basically kind of a balance, so they're probably you can play a good fighter or a good um, mage. I, I'll basically say kind of what their class is or kind of like what they'd be good to play with, but and honestly, you can play them however they want, but there are certain classes, especially in the older games, where picking your class and what you want to do really kind of matters. Um, they're also, uh, so the Imperials are well-educated and well-spoken for the races, and from Cyrodiil, and they're known for discipline and training of vast armies, and basically they rule, in a lot of the lore, they basically helped rule Tamriel for thousands of years. Basically, if you played ever played Oblivion, they're in command and control, and then in, um, basically they're in a giant war in some of the other games. But they're usually the, the emperor that rules Tamriel resides in Cyrodiil. The Nords... Uh, basically, are warriors, and they're cold and frost-resistant people from Skyrim. They're known as mil- militant people by their neighbors. And basically. they're racist. Yeah, but they're more probably like not quite as really as racist as um, some of the other races. They're more of just very yeah, distrustful of these. And like I said, they're kind of more aggressive. Just basically think Thor and basically all the Nordic areas. Vikings. Yes, they're pretty much Vikings. Uh, the Red Guards, the... I can't pronounce Yokidins. it. Yokidins. Yokidins. <laughs> also are warriors, and they're basically the most talented warriors of all, of all the races from Hammerfall. And actually, practicing of magic is frowned upon in their culture. So, one, if you're going to try to play a mage with them, 
you're going to get terrible stats and not be able to do this. <laughs> they get like the more magic you do in front of them, the more they frown upon them. Um, this is because um, brown people don't like magic. And go like tell like a Mexican to go do like a palm reading or like go do anything that's like magicy or like demonicy and see how bad they freak out. We Nazi Aguda Agudanera. Go ask. Go, 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 go get the the, the Weeha board and see how bad they freak the out. We- <laughs> <laughs> uh, the fun that. fact about <laughs> the fun fact about the Red Guards is their name Red Guard actually originates from a phonetic corruption of Regatta. That's really cool. So over the years, people kept mispronouncing Regatta, and basically they became the Red Guards. That's like that's really cool because that's like what happened with a lot of the tribes, like our native tribes in the U.S. and stuff. Yep. A lot is coming. So moving on to the elves, or basically what they're called, mer, per se. Altmer? Huh? Altmer? Oh, no. no. Er, oh, so, okay. I just saw that. I didn't realize that. Oh, seen it spelled out. Okay. Yes. Sorry. Yes. The next ones are mer, known as the mer people, because they're all elves. And the first one are the altmer, which are basically a high magic class, and they are the quote-unquote cultured people. They're very snobbish from Somerset Isles. And the quote-unquote lesser races usually resent them. So, like Thandriel in the Hobbit movies. Yes. They think they're almighty and people hate them. Or think they're, they're assholes. They're the almighty Altmer. Yes. <laughs> uh, next one would be the Bosmers or the Wood Elves. These usually play as thieves. Usually, if, if you never played any uh, D&D or any type of, like, uh, I guess, high fantasy, a thief basically is somebody that sneaks around and usually agile, and usually uses, like, not really your sword and shield, per se, weapons, and more like a bow or, like, a dagger type thing. And they're tiny. Not necessarily. Yours was tiny. Mine was tiny, yes. Um, but these are basically uh, uh, wood elves. They're probably the best archers of all, and they learned. And they're basically, they reject the traditions of the Altmer, and they basically live in the woods, living as romantic in this, living a romantic and simple existence, living in harmony with the land and nature from Valenwood. The Altmore really looked down upon them as unruly and naive. Aww. <laughs> that kind of makes me a little bit sad. They will let you know. Altmore will definitely let you know if you're a Bosmore that they don't like you and that you're basically just a poor, bum hippie. So you were a hippie <laughs> elf? Yes, and ESO, yes. Uh, the next one is the Dumar, which are Dark Elves. They kind of play a balanced, even though they're more kind of like a battle mage type thing. Um, they are basically don't trust and are not trusted by the other races. And they're, huh? I was like, these are the super racist ones, right? Yes, these are the super racist ones. And they are from Morrowind. They're basically viewed as proud, clannish, ruthless, and cruel most of the time. Nords are just drunk. Yeah. So yeah, the they also basically are the people that will ins- that enslaved another one of the races when we get to them. Now the next one would be the orcs, which actually apparently is Osmir Mer, so they're actually counted as part elves. Yeah, that fits with high fantasy. Yeah, orcs are usually corrupted elves. Yes, and they're warriors, and they're basically known for the courageous and then basically enduring hardships from Arsinium. They're widely feared and hated by other nations and races. But they actually, over time, throughout their lore, they actually gain acceptance through service in the Imperial Legions. 
So they basically serve in a lot of the armies, and they basically get gain acceptance that way. Which like might work in our D&D campaign. Sure. <laughs> Next one. Uh, Adrian. <laughs> when I'm not slapping Adrian's brother. Oh, he oh he deserves it. Don't don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Moving to the beast race, which there are two of them, the Khajiits, which are usually thieves. These are cat-like people, who are basically uh, who are one of the beast race, as I said, from Ellswere, I guess. Rarely are their mages, and basically these people are, uh, they love the skooma or the moon sugar. Basically, they're drug addicts. <laughs> yeah, they like they like to get real high. <laughs> yeah. yeah, moon sugar or basically is the powdery substance. Guma is when it's kind of like made into like the actual uh, compound, and basically these are all narcot- narcotics. So they're the hippies. Sorta. They're also targets for high racial discrimination. <laughs> and then the next one would be Argonians or the Saxils. Which is basically a balanced race. I feel like they don't get a lot of love other than like they have disease resistant and they can breathe in their water. It's about the only thing they ever get for bonuses. But <laughs> you I love You had a them. healing bonus last time, didn't you? That was just what they threw to make sure that they can look relevant. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but they are the reptilian beast race from the Black Marshes. They're off, often called lizard folk, usually as used as a derogatory term. <laughs> and in the second era, they were slaves to the Dark Elves and been fighting them ever since. They also speak in the native tongue of Jell. And they're basically, the cool fun facts about them is fight to the death for those they consider their friends. They're slow to trust and always a reason for everything they do. So that's why you like playing them. Well, for the personal, yes, but I love them because they're reptiles and they look awesome. Yes. <laughs> and I don't like messing with water and drowning and they can breathe and swim fast. <laughs> so those are all the races you can choose for each game. And, the er- and so some few other things moving on. Basically, in the earlier games, you could choose a class, like I talked about earlier, kind of like a thief or a warrior or a battle mage and so forth, and usually consisted of picking major and minor skills, basically such as I can use a longsword, I can use an axe, I can use shield, and such forth. And then later games had such a burst signs, basically what burst sign, almost like a horoscope type thing that you were born under that gives you kind of uh, different abilities and bonuses. Um, and another thing is, besides the main quest and side quests that people love this, you can join guilds and have their quest lines and other factions, whether it be a great house with political factions or such as like a fighter's guild or mage's guild, and progress through the rankings of those. Or the Dark Brotherhood. Yes, which is also something, but even though Morrowind, you got attacked by the Dark Brotherhood, but huh. you could not actually play with them. You play with another assassin group called huh. the Moron Tongue. Huh. Yes. Any questions on those? Nope. Awesome. I mean, I those are, I remember all of that. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. if you've ever played this, you probably know this. I try to give a little more background just to know, because they are yeah. just, much of people probably don't really care per se. It is, there is a lot that goes into a lot of their characters and how they interact. Yeah. So, moving on to the evolution of the games. That's basically the main part. So, the Elder Scrolls. So, fun fact about this is <laughs> the Elder Scrolls actually basically took place, and how they made this game was they were actually making Arena, which is the first one that we'll before, but before we talk about it, and the developers played a D&D campaign, such as you guys, and they basically based it on their world of Tamriel. And then as they were playing this longer and longer, uh, they decided, why don't we just make this into a video game? 
<laughs> and so they took this gladiator-like action-based game, which was Arena, and basically turned it into this giant MMO. And just started adding more and more elements. They started asking themselves, like, what if my orc could really go into the city? What if he wanted to go to the market? What would he buy? And such random questions. And so they made a game that you could do all this. Damn, AG, you slacking. You just run a Twitch channel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <I'll> <laughs> Hot garbage. <laughs> and the other funny thing is, they eventually I'll read you what the Elder Scrolls mean to nowadays, but when they came up with the name Ted Peterson at the time, one of the developers had said that uh, Larkson, I can't remember the first name of his guy, basically said, we're going to name the game Elder Scrolls. And basically they had no idea what the hell it meant. <laughs> it he just, just basically said, cool. Elder Scrolls sounds great, let's name it that. Sounds like a D&D campaign. <laughs> and basically that's how the name was born. Nobody knew what the hell it was. But eventually they kind of established it because it got popular and moved it. And basically Elder Scrolls for them is basically Tamriel's mystic tombs of knowledge that told of its past, present, and future. Which I believe is a great description, especially as the games, as I said, they come through within one universe, within different eras and timelines and everything. But all along the same thing. How many Elder Scrolls are there? Like, is there like a set number or are they just going to keep making games until like... And to say, oh, there's this, there's twelve Elder Scrolls, so that we have I, to make twelve games. <laughs> I honestly don't know. I couldn't tell you. I'm sure if you looked up in the lore, because somebody's been keeping track of twenty four years of lore of all this stuff. Isn't there an entire website? Yes, there's to an it? entire lore website of have twenty plus years dedicated from reading books within the games plus the stuff. Which some of these rules and laws abide, which I'll go into, like that causes different effects in different games. Even though this kind of retcon some of the stuff, which sucks, but whatever. Here, uh, <laughs> according to Elder Scrolls Wikia, um, I thought it said somewhere. Hold, please. Hold, please. Uh, so, according to Elder Scrolls Wikia. There's a total of 273 Elder Scrolls in the Elder Scrolls library during the events of Oblivion. Well, there we have it. Huh. Yeah, so we're getting 273 games. <laughs> pretty soon by that time, we'll be playing the game, pretty much. Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically, we'll be there. Yeah. So starting off with the first one, quick overview of Elder Scrolls Arena, 1994. Like I said, it wasn't actually initially supposed to be an RPG. Basically, you get to choose your class, and based on your class, depending on what you could use and how you played. So if you picked like a mage class, you were able to use light armor, you used staffs and whatnot. had eight governing attributes that make up your character. If anybody played any of these, you kind of know like intel, charisma, strength, etc. And you could actually travel through the entire continent. I've never actually played this game. I've seen it. I actually had to read pretty much almost half the manual to play this, which is apparently is 60 pages long to go through this. Um, but yeah, it's super old. It looks totally outdated. But it actually didn't sell that well due to marketing aspects, and pretty much, like, um, despite winning Game of the Year, RPG Game of the Year, it, it kind of like bombed selling things. And it, But then later on, it kind of like pulled a Shawshank, in which now it's like a cult classic. So. You want to explain pulling a Shawshank to people? Oh, so basically pulling a Shawshank was Shawshank came out in the same year as um, Forrest Gump and was it Free Willy? I think it was Free Willy. One of the two. Anyway, but it net won zero awards, got it nominated for pretty much nothing, and now if you ask anybody this day and age, they'll tell you that is an amazing movie. But yeah. for a time, like people didn't didn't say it was a bad movie, just nobody cared about it. 
Yeah, actually, I think that's held as like one of the best movies of that time. Yeah, but it won nothing, and it was yeah. like nominated for nothing. Yeah, but it's definitely one of the people look back and go, "Wow, how'd that do anything?" Next one, Elder Scrolls Two: Daggerfall. This took place in Hammerfell and High Rock. You could also same as the other one. You choose a class and select skills. Leveling was based on a skills uh, mechanic. Basically, you had a had to level from your combination of basically level your skills up, and after you got level up, some of your primary, minor, whatnot, you were awarded. You level up fifteen of them. You got a new character level. You got attributes and so forth. The skills in this game were basically on steroids. So there were 35 skills in this game, including some language skills. So like your old classic D&D, you had to learn Orcish skill and level it up to talk to, like, Orcish or read Orcish. You had to do that with the same with elves, different elvish, and some of the Dietrich and other demon type of stuff. There were six schools of magic. Streetwise was apparently a skill in this game. I would so fail that. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, you had to be street smart. <laughs> was a skill. I would have uh, died in that alley. Uh, one of the lacking parts of this game was there was actually no armor skills. Everybody's had default armor. If you had a war white, it all had the same. If you wore heavy and whatnot, uh, you could only have one skill to master to one hundred percent. The rest kept at ninety five. <clears throat> so they also had what is called special class disadvantages. So when you picked your class, they also made you pick negative effects. <laughs> so you just couldn't be too powerful. I like that. Because uh, you can get to a certain point in Skyrim where you're just broken and, like, anything you do just kills anything. And you can basically just do anything you want. Almost. Yeah. Pretty much when we get to these later games, you'll see a lot of some of this, like, stuff that you're like, oh, well, they make you choose a negative thing. And you'll see why. Talk about in the older games, like you said. The next one is Morrowind, uh, Elder Scrolls Three. Morrowind uh, took place on the island of Verdenfell, which is located within Morrowind. You, uh, you could choose a class. So I can go. They added the burst signs here. Which are pretty cool because they also gave you a positive and a negative effect. And when you're born, you basically select it and you couldn't choose it. The funny thing is, if you've ever played Morrowind, it's actually the smaller map than the previous two games. <laughs> Daggerfall map is huge. Like one of the largest maps I believe ever made for a game. Or we spent definitely for a time. Uh, the leveling based on the skill merits is kind of as before, except a little more complex. You had attribute multipliers based on what skills you leveled, it you increased in the past level. So, to increase your willpower, you had to basically level up your governing the skills that willpower governed up governed each level to a certain amount of things. If you level destruction, restoration, like six times within that time, it gave you a multiplier of like three for willpower of that level if you selected, because you got to choose three points per attribute. Uh, there are 27 skills in this game, a little reduction, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but definitely fame. Armor skills were added. They still had six schools of magic. The big thing about this game, and one thing, is the combat system, especially when it moved to console, is extremely hated by a lot of people. <laughs> and it's one of those, I don't think people realize, coming from a console, the way D&D works somewhat at least from my understanding, is there was a lot of math. And they did it a little different. Because if you ever play this game, basically you walk up to something and you just start swinging your little blade in front of it or chop-chop and slash-slash, depending on how you held it, and you would miss. And it was oh. the most horrible, most horrible thing ever to see. So you mean like our last campaign where I went to hit the freaking boss and I, I rolled and I missed and then it hit me for 20 and I was unconscious on the floor? Well, I mean, don't miss. Yeah, no, don't miss. <laughs> so... 
brief overview is people may not realize is a lot of the newer games they take it off of a damage base so you swing you automatically hit you automatically do damage but it's based on your skill of how much damage did well back in this game it was hit chance rate percentages so they took the hit rate percentage minus or minus the evasion rate percentage which is this huge long formula of like weapon skill plus agility divided by five luck divided by ten plus 0.75 plus 0.5 times current fatigue minus fatigue minus Divided by maximum fatigue over fortitude at uh, attack magnitude, blah, blah, blah. And so once you did this math, every single time you swung, it gave you percentage. So you may only be able to hit, based on your skill, maybe 83% of the time you swung. And people so had a big problem with that. It's literally D&D. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when you looked at it on the console, it was just so hard to understand of why it happened. Um, also, spell failure was a big part in this game. So basically the same way Hit did, spells could fail you so much. And basically they did spell success and basically chance and whatnot. And if they failed you, would you still use your mana for oh, that yeah. spell? <laughs> yes. Another thing, this game was very, had a lot of like exploits in this game, but it had a lot of like creativity and had a lot of spells like levitation, extreme jumping. You could lock things and lock people in stuff with doors and just had a lot of random spells that you could just be creative with. Oh, when you say exploits, does that mean, like, stuff you could glitch out, or... No. I mean, like, you could make a levitation spell to constantly for this much, and you'd basically almost be, like, flying. That sounds like a glitch. It's not a glitch. It's how you just make the thing. Huh. Remember, these are all single-player games, so even though they're quote-unquote exploits, you're not really exploiting anything other than computers. So, basically, yeah. how you play the game. So. Which people didn't seem to understand when they start changing, complaining, like, you don't have to do these. It's single-player. It's not an MMO. Which, and they took the wrong aspects but anyways and then we move on to the next one uh, elder scrolls 4 oblivion took place in cyrodiil you could choose a class select birth signs leveling system similar to morrowind and then unfortunately the dreaded level scaling was added to this game which is basically the death of this game for me and a lot of people um there are only 21 skills in this game even less than the previous two they started combining a lot of skills which was fine to see basically they combined like short blade and long blade like daggers and a uh, sword great or not great swords uh, yeah, no, yeah, great swords. Daggers and great swords all of a sudden became blade. They also exclusion of like medium or medium armor got written out, so they just went to light and heavy and unarmored. So in Morrowind, you had unarmored skill for ma- basically mages to where wearing no armor, like robes and everything. You could just it was like your actual armor. And Morrowind, you were limited to what you could wear based on your race too, right? Yes. Yeah, so basically in Morrowind, you could if you were one of the beast race, you couldn't wear boots. Because Which makes obvi- sense because they don't have regular feet. Yes, and then that ga- they got rid of that in these in the next games. There's still six schools of magic, but they basically severely gimped uh, one. Basically, mysticism became useless for the most part. They basically started switching spells over. Eventually, they got rid of it in the following game. Uh, but they did revamp the magic and combat system to be kind of more action based. But there was a lot of positives to this. Um, one is. Um, Basically, magic no longer need to be ready. Before and more, when you had to, like, press a button and your hands came up in the air, and you're like, okay, I'm ready to cast a spell. <laughs> Whereas in this game, you just press the button, you automatically cast it. Uh, Magicka actually regenerated, which was probably the worst thing is why I bought this game for PC, to get the mod to do this, because in more when your Magicka didn't regenerate, unless you slept, <laughs> pretty much, or made a potion. But this game, it actually regenerated normally. Uh, the staves were redone, awesome, but they ended up being way too OP. So obviously, this is the first time, because of the combat, they swing and missing with no longer, with more of a damage-based system and not a hit-chance system. 
which I'm not a fan of. The revamped also became the known as the quest, the revamped map and quest tracking system, as I like to call it, the Kate questing was born. <laughs> Essentially, they put an arrow, you ran to the arrow, you picked up whatever the arrow was above, you ran back. Yeah, so every kind of map that we have now everywhere. Yes. And more when you had to literally actually read a journal. <laughs> I remember you showing me that, and I immediately thought how much I hated Ark. Yeah. <laughs> but back to level scaling that ruined this game. Essentially, they made, um, in older games, and a lot of games, basically, depending on the map, part of the map you go to, basically based on the level of where you go, whereas in this game, wherever you went and whatever level you were, basically dictate what monsters you would see, what level they would be, and basically what armor they would drop. So if you ran into the bandit at level 3, they may drop, like, little leather armor. If you ran across the same exact area at level 20, you would find that same exact bandit, but he would all of a sudden be in glass armor. Huh. And it basically ruined a lot of the game. So because of this, you could literally go beat the main story at level 1. Because actually, as you leveled, the game got harder. And it was easier just to do things by not leveling. That just seems shitty. Yeah. And it also killed a lot of diversity of a lot of the creatures. Because as I said, like wolves that may be level 5, once you got to level 6, they just randomly disappeared. Aww. <laughs> I like wolves. Yeah. Um... Uh, Elder Scrolls V, Skyrim, took place in Skyrim. They got rid of classes and birth signs. They also got rid of the attributes and dumbed that down before. You always had willpower, strength, charisma, etc., perception, etc., intelligence, and they dumbed it down to basically health, magic, and stamina. And that was it. And birthstones became, instead of you selecting it, that choice stood with you forever, and you now just went to a different stone, and you just selected a new one. Leveling and experience, uh, the game was basically experience system, was more of an experience system related to your skills, whatever you played, level based on your play style and how you leveled. You had level t- skill trees and character points and perks. Basically, they simplified everything down from leveling to the attribute system gaining. They Basically, the skills obviously reduced again down to 18. A lot of the skills were combined even more. There were only five schools of magic. They got rid of mysticism. Like, weapons returned from, like, long blade, axes, short blade, dagger, to basically one-handed versus two-handed. And level scaling was kept in the game, but it was toned down and kind of redone. So they kind of did it more on a bridge of, like, levels 5 to 10, and they kind of kept them around. But, yeah. Yeah, I definitely got smashed by a giant, like, level 1. Yeah. When I first played this game. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely kept it a lot. It was still in there, but definitely you couldn't feel the effects of it, that is for sure. No, I mean, I, I put about 100 hours into this game, one winter break, um, <laughs> and yeah, then then I screwed my quest over, but I definitely did not feel it as easy as you made a Oblivion sound. Yeah, Oblivion was definitely known for just doing Not to say Morrowind didn't have his exploits, because you could literally skip the main quest and just go kill the god, and you'd beat the main quest. It was funny. You didn't have to do all the other stuff. <laughs> There's a lot of jumping. But anyway, so getting to the but why, though, now that I've talked and basically probably, I don't know, you're still hanging in there at this point. <laughs> but to the, some of the but why, those Successful franchise, what we usually talk about. We like to talk about successful franchise. For what I found on the numbers, which is kind of hard to say because as far as gaming franchises, between all the different games and how they classify games... The fact there's like 10 freaking Wii Sports games that are apparently the most amazing selling games in the world, but I still haven't met a person that plays a damn thing. I thought they literally gave you those free with the Wii. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, uh, I got it to be the 32nd highest selling franchise estimate, 
it was hard to, like I said, find thing. On some list, I found it as high as 25, but basically I counted the wiki of how many, what the top ones, and counted to 32 is what I'm going with. Which, to say, you're like, oh, that's pretty low, but it's actually, while it is low and most surprising, I think it's also impressive to say that literally, like, with Assassin's Creed, which was 14th at the time what we counted, they have 10 main games, not including all the side games. This one literally has five. That's it. So, like, Assassin's Creed, 10 games, 5 games. I can imagine if they put out almost 3 more games within, like, saying that of redoing Skyrim, they would definitely probably get a lot more jump. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Skyrim, at this point, is the 12th highest game selling game of all time. It's also been released on, like, 6 different <laughs> consoles. <laughs> I was like, it's in VR now? Yeah. Um, an interesting thing, because apparently there's Ranker.com, which is apparently a website that just ranks everything yeah. you could possibly think of. And they, according to their gamer poll, which I found was Elder Scrolls was ranked as the sixth best franchise among like gamers, like voted wise. How that ranks, don't know, but that's what they came up with. And basically, they're the true definition of the, of the quality over quantity. They've only, as I said, only had five games, but all five of their main games have won RPG Game of the Year award, and some of them lots of multiple. So they've hit five out of five. And obviously, to the other side of the coin, as we kind of speak, the simplification of games. Oblivion especially. When Oblivion was released, there was this basically, Skyrim not as much, but Oblivion especially, um, there was a giant divide within the community to where basically people fell into these old Daggerfall Morrowind games, and they hated Oblivion, and they really didn't care for Skyrim for a while because they felt the games were dumbed down, they were way, way too casual, they want to make the appeal to a wider audience and more more action-based and less RPG-based. I mean, I guess one of the things that I kind of don't understand, because Bethesda also did Fallout, and I think Fallout, as an example, like, that's not an extremely easy game to play through. Like, it is pretty complex. So I don't, I guess I kind of just, I don't understand why they would change from doing something so heavy and, like, D&D and chance into something that's super palatable. Because, um, I mean, the other one's won Game of the Year award, so it just seems kind of weird to me. Um, honestly, I couldn't know. The only thing I could say for Oblivion, at least, this was what basically they were selling for this game. This is basically what made that the three one of the main reasons the 360 jumped out to a huge lead for this game. Because this was, like, their main selling point when it was released. Which leads to a story, um, when I wanted a 360 and I was so excited for Oblivion after playing Morrowind for so many years... I literally made a PowerPoint bill, uh, billboard at a blackboard uh, presentation to give to my mom on why we should buy a 360 in this game. That is totally something that I see you doing. That is how I got my Did 360. Yeah, like, I, feel like I've, I feel like I've heard that story, but I haven't heard that story. But I feel like I've heard it just because it's coming from you. Like I feel like that's <laughs> definitely a thing you did. I don't did dispute like, that at all. Did you make, like, stats charts and stuff? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> it reminds me. I could just, like, picture you going. Like, I don't know if your brother helped you with this, but like, I can just, like, picture you and your brother going and doing, like, a prestige worldwide pitch, like, in Step Brothers. <laughs> 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 to your mom. And then he your older brother just being like, are you serious? Are you serious? He was there to stand there for moral support, but I did all the talking. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that's how I presented this to my parents at the time, back like, this was almost 12 years ago, <laughs> to get this game. Oh my gosh. So yes. That's how I got 360. I can't <clears throat> decide if this is Prestige Worldwide or... Um... 
What was the one that Aziz Ansari did in Parks and Rec? Uh, which one? He did multiple ones. The one where he had with... Um, the Renaswag? No, not Renaswag. Oh. The one before Renaswag where they rented the basketball player to stand. Hmm. I know what you're talking about, but I don't know what it's called. When they bought all that stuff, but they actually didn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, another big problem they have, they felt, is moving towards the little the games was lack of consequences and having to make choices in the later games. Kind of, Adrian, you touched on this before. In Morrowind and Daggerfall, you kind of, when you chose your class or made your class, you essentially, that's where you kind of had to be along. You couldn't. Why do you fuck with that? Well, it's scrolling down. I didn't know how far you were. <clears throat> um. You couldn't really be everything. If you wanted to be, like, a stealth mage, maybe, or if you wanted to be a warrior, you could. But you couldn't do this whole, like, I'm going to be a stealth warrior mage, which essentially, like you said, in, uh, for Skyrim, you could pretty much do everything in those games. Healers with bows. Basically. Yeah, no, I just remember, like, playing the game and just being like, man, this is too easy now. Like, I just can just run to literally anywhere, just two-shot stuff as a mage. So, like, and I had, like, zero stealth and, like, zero bow skill so I was like alright I'm just gonna switch at like the highest level and then just re-level everything and it made the game you know a little bit more fun but by the time you get the highest level in like bow then like then what else do you do you're just so powerful by that point yeah not to say you couldn't get like extremely like OP especially using some of the fun stuff you could do in the older games but you just couldn't do it all like you just could not be a stealth warrior mage at all times you had to basically kind of pick one and either master it or you kind of had to branch in two and if you kind of went through this whole balance route you just could you just weren't gonna be that effective a lot of times also with the choices uh we talked about the quest tracking where there's no need to actually read or think anymore you just follow the arrows with along the choices thing of like within the guilds you could just basically be the old school lisa morwin you had to have magic skills and have a certain meet a certain criteria to actually advance not only just doing the quest but advance within the guilds and no, in Oblivion, you just basically, you could be a giant warrior and just do the entire Mage's Guild, like, no problem, whether you knew magic or at all. And so that was something that changed, because they, they do whatever. They also, the ability within the guild, you could just join every single thing, like all the houses and whatnot. I think in Skyrim, they kind of tone it down, but a lot of times, when you picked a political house, especially in Morrowind, you had to stick with that, and that was your choice that you made. You aligned yourself with that. Obviously, level scaling was a huge thing. It was a giant turnoff for a lot of people. And then, basically, Skyrim became a running joke, as we kind of mentioned throughout this podcast. It was released in 2011. It's been released almost on every console. They're making it for VR. And probably one of the worst decisions I thought they ever made was they decided they were going to remaster it at when it was only five years old. So, I... Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I kind of get, like, doing it for a new console, but at the same time, like, that was, like, one of the last games they had released. Like at least, or la- one of the last games I had bought for that council, not was released, but like it, it wasn't necessary. No, like I said, the whole like remastering of this, especially like when it was barely five years old, was kind of like, especially when the PlayStation we're gonna do Crash Bandicoot that was twenty years old. Like, come on. Uh, another big thing, as you kind of mentioned earlier, bugs, glitches, and other stuff. These games are known to have so many glitches, so many like bugs. Because they're, I mean, they're just such huge and such complex games that there's just so many glitches found, and you can pretty much YouTube your way for hours upon this. They fixed them, and obviously nowadays you get patches and everything, but back in the day of, like, Morrowind and Daggerfall, when it was released, that's what they got, <laughs> for the most part. Was there what you told me about finding, like, a corrupt file or something? Yeah, I mean, you could find corrupt files all the time. Um, exploits, another was the main thing in test games, crazy power leveling, money-making scam, 
spell creations and chanting, a bunch of crazy things where you could literally be a god sometime doing some of these things. And it was just a lot of fun, depending on how you were. Made it easy mode, but I mean, being single player games, it just it was your choice. If you wanted to play in god mode, you basically could do it. If you didn't, then you could just play the game. So, um, gameplay, why the same ground? Like I said, it's renowned for massive open world, free roam RPG. People always ask me, especially like before, because I've known these, like, what do, well, what do I do in these games? What do I do? And I always respond with, whatever you want to do. What would you like to do? You go wherever you want. You can be however you want. There's fast stories, fast dungeons, and everything else. It's kind of this mixture of high fantasy with medieval settings, magic, and obviously later they had dragons. I mean, it's kind of a mixture of everything. Uh, more in the earlier game, but the complexity of the quest, kind of as we, before then, the ability of having multiple ways of completing quests. You didn't have to kill everything all the time. You could bribe people, you could persuade people, you could just talk your way out of things. A lot of, like, just rolling a personality skill. They had that in there. So you didn't always have to kill everything. They had, like, usually a competitive way and a passive way, and sometimes just a, an alternate, even more way of completing quests. There's some punches some times where I just never even had to kill anybody for the longest time. Um, the thrill of dungeon delving, collecting artifacts. They always had extreme weapons, armor, stuff. They made caves, you know, set up glorious, like, stuff, exploration. Could wander around for hours doing nothing in particular. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen that, like, that video that's been circulating on, like, Facebook and, like, Twitter and stuff, but, like, the, the gaming grandma, uh, <laughs> who she's like, yeah, my, my son introduced me to Skyrim, and I just, I just love going around and picking the flowers and... <laughs> yeah. And things like this. She, she just like loves running around, pick flowers, and like look at the deer and stuff. So <laughs> that's so cute. No, you can literally do that. Like I used to do it all the time. If I get bored and you just like are struggling with something, you could literally just walk around and explore things. Yeah. And that was another Matt, thing that was probably. Oops, sorry. Matt judges games on whether or not you can fish in them or not if they're they're fun. also true. <laughs> this is a very valid thing. But can I fish is something that Matt has said when evaluating a game before. You have no idea how many hours I spent at 3 o'clock in the morning fishing. I don't know why. It's very soothing. But uh, that was probably one of the things about with... Um, we'll go into the next part. The visuals and effects, like I said, looking around is... This is some of the most beautiful games ever made. They look amazing. People look at Morrowind and I don't think they... Like, it was amazing for a time. It's sometimes hard to see now, but for a time, it was very well done and very well made. Um, it, like the scenery, the exploration, the variety of landscapes, especially in things. That was probably like a, one of the main things that people had problems with in Oblivion. While the game looked amazing and the game looked beautiful, basically just saw the same forest and shrubbery yeah. the entire game, especially compared to some of the other ones where you could go from like wild mushrooms and trees growing super high to swamp to desert areas. So like their their like main thing was building out an entire world that wasn't just one thing. Yeah, that's just kind of like the fault of what like if beautiful as Oblivion was. It, it had no diversity of scenery. Um, these games also basically have some of the best music. It was best way one and best way in my opinion. But I know for a lot of things only because Jeremy Soul composed all the music from Test Three to Five, and he basically won awards for best soundtracks and scores, and pretty much. Won about, I think, seven different awards between Skyrim and Oblivion. He sadly never won anything from Morrowind. He was nominated, but didn't win anything. Aww. We did, I think, one at that time when Morrowind's released. He composed for a different game, and I believe won that. I think one of the, the Harry Potter things, or like some of the Neverwind Knights, I believe. Game. 
Yeah. Um, when I was like compiling a list of songs to do for when I did like a, a one shot D and D thing for my parents and some of our friends, basically all my music was from, from Skyrim. You used uh, to fall asleep to it. Yeah, Skyrim or World of Warcraft for like the more like ambient music. Yeah. <laughs> but all the battle noises came from Skyrim. <laughs> um Yeah. So moving on to some of the lore, I guess, which is the other recent big I'll be doing another episode on this where it was touched on just straight lore and probably all the different various religions and stuff in this, but that will not be this episode. It's intense. It's huge. They said they're 20 plus years reading books in these games. They teach you. They, they've literally built an entire world, an entire universe with so much detail. And then no matter what game you play, all of it plays a role in some way. And everything bounces. Whether, like if we said before, it be racial discrimination, religious discrimination. There are definitely multiple religions with multiple gods from different in different rituals and different cultures that they worship and different uh even whether it's a god or whatever just like a something else that they just worship they'll let you know if you like they're not the cultures basically depending on whether you're what region you're in or what race you are their prophecies are filled and all the play even if they're the smallest way play some form and some shape within the game you'd actually go on like pilgrimages and stuff yes. too in the game that was something that, like, as, like, a religious studies scholar, like, that, that like, when I was writing, um, I was submitting, like, stuff for our annual conference, and that was something that I really, really wanted to write about, um, just because you had people going through and putting hours into performing a, pil- a pilgrimage in the game for the religion that they had chose. Yeah, so in Morrowind, you could actually join one of the, like, factions or guilds you could join was the ch- one of the churches. Yeah. <laughs> And so, like, for these books and stuff, like, everything's written out inside them. Like, they're not just, like, random, like, text filler, right? What do you mean? Like, in the books that you can pick up in the games. Like, as far as, like, what's in them? Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, they're basically, they're not super long. Most of them are only, like, two or three pages long. But, yeah, a lot of them are just short stories of somebody they had from something. Like, a great general, and they'll tell you a short story of a great battle they had. Which may not seem like much, but it's pretty cool when you read it bunch of little short stories. It's that kind of detail, too, that kind of just sets it apart from, like, oh, I read this book in the other castle I was in, and it's the same thing that this had. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's some of them are parts, like, one, two, three, and four, and five, and so in order to fulfill the entire story, you have to go find all five books throughout the game to get the entire grasp of all the story they were trying to tell within the books. Um, Also, there's not much lore, but there's a ton of Easter eggs in these games. They're basically pop culture's reference in a lot of them games as well. Some of the names and everything. Also, there's probably the funniest thing, the best part, since these are like like for more towards adults and like older, uh, I guess, or young adults and like older children. There's a lot of sexual jokes and weird sexual indignation. Older in- children? Whatever. <laughs> you know, the teenagers, I think it's rated teen or mature, depending on which one it is, but there's a lot of sexual innu- innuendos from NPCs that can be easily missed if you're not paying attention, yeah. depending on how grave of the conversation should go into. Like, there's one putty person who literally talks about necrophil- uh, necrophilia <laughs> and how much she just, like, loves making love to all the dead bodies that come through. Are, are you telling me... The, I used to be an adventurer like you once until I took an arrow to the knees of sexual innuendo that I'm just missing. <laughs> sure. I'm sure in some way and form that could be. 
But no, the, the conversation details definitely in reading it, it, it's a lot. Of, they definitely play a lot of. They have a lot of fun in their conversations. And when you said pop culture references, like what, what do you mean? Um, some of the names they have in the games. No, you can make me. I didn't look up any. I know I was lazy on this part. <laughs> but kind of like how we have with like they mention like certain things. One taking the knee to the arrow, arrow to the knee became a huge phenomenon, which was funny. But, uh, so, does it only go, like, out from the game to pop culture, or do they have actual, like, pop culture in? Like, do you understand what I'm saying? No. So, like, an arrow to the knee is, like, a meme, right? But right. that came from the game and then went out into popular culture. Is there anything from, like, outside popular culture that went into the game? Yes, but I don't have anything off the top of my head, unfortunately. Okay, well, I'll just cut that all out. I guess I could have went with there's a definitely a ton of Lord of the Rings stuff in there. Huh? So just keep going. And then basically lastly, basically the lasting effect. Skyrim still being made. It's set to be released in VR. People are still like clamoring or yelling for where's Test Six? Why is it coming? Morrowind's actually still played by quite a few people and it's still being mods are still being made for it. Which is amazing that this game is how much it does. And then... <clears throat> oh yeah, I read the last part. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, but like basically... Also what happened with this whole thing of Morrowind and mods... It was like, I don't know... This was the first time... Especially with the games that I've known where mods have literally... People have taken mods and they literally just update this game. Like there's an entire like graphic uphaul for this game. Or overhaul for this game. Like to today's graphics? The best as they can do. Damn. Just to keep it up to date. It's one of the games that I've not found that age, that ages pretty well, especially it doesn't bother me. Daggerfall and Arena. I haven't played Arena, like I said, but Daggerfall was hard to play when the the brief time that I played it. I just couldn't I just couldn't get the addiction yeah. that I did to Morrowind. So Morrowind does age well or doesn't age well? It ages very well. Oh, okay. Like I said, people are still playing it quite a bit today, and like I said, making mods. Um, yeah, these mods look pretty good. Yeah, no, there's a ton. Just of like them. a quick, you know, Google thing. That's one of the biggest things when um, they were like remastering um, Skyrim for like PC of all things for for one of them, and they're like, "Well, why do we need that when we have all these mods that make the game already look better? Like, why do you need to remaster <laughs> it when our mods look better than your remaster?" But for an older yeah, game like Morrowind, that like these this looks pretty dope. Yeah, no, so basically when I bought it for PC, I basically put magic regen and kind of some overhaul with some of the NPCs, make it a little more filling-like and kind of a little more personality-wise. Maybe a few of the armor sets, and that's good to go. (laughs) (laughs) I guess, too, like, as a big fan of the franchise, and I know that you're saying how, like, people want to know when Elder Scrolls Six is coming out, and, you know, they just keep putting out the same stuff, like where like where do we go from here? Like where do you see this going? Or like what would you want to be done? As far as like test six, for, yeah. Like where am I hoping it's going to be located? Like what would you do? Like what do you want? Like where do you go from like these years of Skyrim and adding expansions on the Elder on uh, the ESO? Like where do we go next? I mean, if you're just going to go test six, I mean, you could pretty much go wherever you want. Besides some of the provinces, I mean. This is only six, and they've only covered maybe, like, three or four of the provinces. I mean, personally, I mean, I wouldn't mind them go to the 
especially if they could go, if you want to go time frame, I wouldn't mind them going to the Black Marshes of the, like the Second Era when basically this whole war starts. Because after the, so basically in the First Era, the Altmer come through and basically defeat the Argonians and knock them back into the marshes, back into the, the downwards. And then because they're so beaten and whatnot, the Dark Elves take their chance and come in and start enslaving them and causes uh-huh. this huge like hundred year war. So do you so do you want it like before they were enslaved or while they're fighting? I would probably go with while because it's basically this huge thing that goes on. They literally start taking away in caravans to the to Morwen to be slaves from the marshes. I think it's weird that you're intrigued by that. Why? I don't know because is so like I guess like when. Because I know in Elder Scrolls Online, like, when you go to, like, the marshland that they're in, they have, like, these Aztec-looking temples and mm-hmm. stuff. Like, do they still have that there? Or, like, are, do they have, like, an active society and are, like, fighting to not get taken away? Yes. Or, like, or they, you just want, like, a whole story where they're just in slave caravans? No, no. I'm talking about, like, I want the part, because basically they, when this starts to happen, they start to fight back. And so it ends up being this huge, long, like, 100-year-so, like, war of going this. So, basically, the reason I'm intrigued about this because I always played an Argonian character, and when you play an Argonian character in Morrowind within this time frame, it plays a huge effect on your character because you are in the basically the world of the Dunmar, in which, one, they, one, are assholes to you for mm-hmm. <laughs> most of the game, and they basically tell you they, that you should be a slave, and you actually can help free other Argonians or other people within... There's actually quest to free other Argonians within that game. But it's just crazy because they basically, like I said, they end up fighting back for this long era to go basically to not have this happen. And it's also weird because, like I said, they basically they turn into and they start just selling them all over the provinces. Which you see some when we played in ESO, mm-hmm. when we played the Thieves Guild, where they talk about what they did with their best friend. Yeah. Especially going because, one, I like the Black Marshes thing because it's pretty cool within the land. And because we've been to a lot of the other places. And I just don't really... That was one of the few places. I guess Arsinium with the Orcs would be fine, except for the fact we have Skyrim, which is kind of almost the exact same area. So I guess, like, when you start looking at this stuff and what they've done already, like, so they've pretty much just, like, explored, like, the elf and human classes, but we don't really have stuff about the Khajiit. Pretty much, yeah. Or the... Argonians. Pretty so, much, like, yeah. We need to fill in that that thing for them. Yeah. So basically, within because obviously you have the elves, which is Dumar, uh, the Dumar in uh, Morrowind. You have basically the Imperials of Oblivion. You have the Nords of Skyrim. Arena, you could do all of them. Uh, the Hammerfall and High Rock, I believe, are the Red Guard. Yeah, they are the Red Guards, I believe, for the most part in uh, Daggerfall. So they pretty much covered all of the humans races, except maybe the Britons and some of the elves. Yeah. They've not done any of the two beast races. The Bosmors area also wouldn't be good, wouldn't be a bad idea, just because it's a. But I just feel like that area is something we get in your typical like fantasy of like yeah. it's going to be a forest, be like fairies everywhere. And I everything. mean, it, 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 and it makes sense too, because like they're like the least human characters, so in high fantasy, it makes sense to want the not humans and to know their story. Yeah. Because, like I said, you don't hear a lot of, like, the uh, Gargonians' history and story other than that they were slaves. Yeah. And that basically for their entire existence, after once this happened, they lose. They basically went fighting. Except the Bosmore's cool, but, like, I mean, we're playing Guild Wars 2 right now, and a lot of, at least the starting zones that I'm in, playing, running through, they're really no different. Like, so, an elf is an elf. 
lizard creature isn't in that many yeah. high fantasy. And like things. I said, they're in the marshes of areas. It's a totally different landscape. Yeah. You don't just have the forests and trees of fairies. You don't have just the snow in the mountains. You don't have just the regular fields with deer and grandma running around. She's she's a nice lady. She looks <laughs> she looks like a super nice lady. She just wants to pick flowers and occasionally maybe hit a wolf every now and again. <laughs> uh, so I guess for anything else. I mean, I guess if you guys have any idea if where you'd like to play, if you're going to play, if they make a new one, or if you hope they make a new one. I would hope that they would go, I don't know, maybe like a little bit further forward um, from like, I, I don't know what's like the, in chronologically, uh, like what's the most in the future. Okay. Try and think uh, one of the ones, but they're all like. I mean, like, it doesn't matter how far in the future they are, like how far in the past they are. They're all kind of like similar in like what's kind of like around. So I would like them to go like a little bit further, further into the future. Maybe like probably like unlock some of the the Dunmar thing and kind of go through like maybe like an industrial revolution thing where you get you know they figure out like how gunpowder works and stuff like that. So you maybe you get like another. Because you, cause you were saying that they kind of dumped everything down, and you kind of you kind of just been doing swords, bows, and magic for you know twenty four years. So maybe throwing in kind of like a gunslinger kind of class or like ability or something to spice up the game a little bit. Yeah, two things on that one and more when you actually get throwing darts, throwing stars, and crossbows, which apparently they got rid of. Yeah, I mean, none, none of that but, is gunpowder. So. Yeah, yeah. But the funny thing, but, but going from the gunpowder thing was what the second part of that was. Uh, fine, I still, I don't know how much had been explained because I don't remember per se, and haven't re- I haven't read the lore of Alpine, but what, going with the storyline of, which I know they did with Morrowind in the new expansion of ESO, of the, um, the Dwimmer, of that, of what their storyline yeah, is. Yeah, the Dwemer what, have explosions. Of whatever happened to them, because they were the, basically like a... Yeah, that's what I meant. Did I say Dunmar? I, I meant Dwemer. Like oh, okay, the, yeah. Because I was you know, like, the like the ones where you go, Yeah, I, I meant Dwemer. I get them mixed up, like, literally all the time. That's why I like calling them, like, Dark Elves, High Elves, and stuff. I, <laughs> that's why I, get, I like, always the, call them Dark the Elves. The Wild Wild West spider that walked around in the circle. Yes. That that really yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what I mean. Like, I want them to unlock the, the, the Dwemer. Yeah, so uh, technology. I think, F- figure it out, because apparently, like for all these games, yeah, like we just, we just know that they've been dead. So, like, figure figure that shit out. And give yeah. me some goddamn guns. Yeah, nobody knows what <laughs> happened to it, and nobody figured it out. They just know the machines keep trying to kill them. I know in the ESO within Morrowind expansion, they kind of touch on that, and they have some of the like storyline. I think in some of the dungeons go through that. But yeah, having a single player to unlock like some of those things and finally finally being able to figure out exactly what the hell happened to them would be. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like either go either go far enough forward where like the world itself is different, and you're not like just in a different place dealing with like different factions. Because if you go with you know either you go with the racist elves or like. You go with the other racist elves, basically. <laughs> elves are pretty much all racist. <laughs> <laughs> like, either you're dealing with, like, the racist dark elves or the racist high elves, basically. Um, so, like, to go far enough forward where, like, maybe some dynamics have changed. And, I don't know, maybe Kashyyyk got off Skirma and found out how guns work or something. I don't know. <laughs> or go, like, way back and find out whatever happened to the Dwemer would be pretty dope. I think... I, let's go ahead. I think for me, like, I'm actually wondering because now, like... Dungeons and Dragons is having like a like a renaissance at the moment, like with Critical Role and like they're like people are interested and in, in in a level that they haven't been since it started. Um, I'm waiting for another Satanic Panic to happen, um, but like I like it would be really interesting to see them go back to their roots and make something that is is based on that again, that is based on chances and is based on the mechanics of how D and D works. 
that would be really interesting. Um, I don't know if they would, but I just feel like the environment right now is like perfect for that. Yeah, no, I'm not a fan. I mean, I, I get it, and I know why people, they appeal to it, but I'm not a fan of the damage-based system. I don't know if that's the exact name. That's just what I've always called it because it's literally, like I said, you're always going to do damage. It's just based on your skill of how much damage you do versus whether you're actually even going to be able to hit or not. And I know it looks super weird, especially in the day and age with all the graphics and everything else, but it is, I don't know, I've always, plus all the math is awesome. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, as much as like I would like a game like that, I don't know. Because you got to still remember Bethesda is still a company, and there's probably a reason why Skyrim sold through the roof and Morrowind didn't. Yeah, uh, no. Probably because Skyrim is easier to play and more people yeah. can play it. So I don't know if oh, they would yeah. go. Su- I don't know if they would go super niche to make it super complicated again. Yeah, yeah. I no. mean, I guess too. Like, I, I just, I've never seen like Dungeon Dragons is at a height that it hasn't been in like a really freaking long time. So it just seems kind of like a missed opportunity to not even do like something small like that. Yeah, I honestly don't think they'll ever go back to like the Morrowind or Dag- uh, Daggerfall because, like you said, because it's like a niche thing. Like I said, when I used to play Morrowind all the time, and I would tell people this, they'd be like, "What?" What's that? <laughs> and a lot of people just didn't even have the patience to play it. Like, I don't think you have the patience to personally no, play I, that game. No, I wouldn't. No. And I just don't, especially with the way people are this day and age where everything's so fast-paced and so yeah. this and that. Playing these games like that one in Daggerfall takes a lot of time, a lot of patience, and a lot of, like, reading. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know you said, like, D&D does a lot, too, but, I mean, now you're doing it on a console-wise. Well, I guess, like, I guess the trade-off for me is, though, like, I mean, like, our D&D campaign, we've been trying really freaking hard to set up a day where we can all meet to play this for three hours. Like, having that type of experience in your house by yourself where you don't have to, like, rely on a DM or rely on, you know, one of your party members, like, that just seems something that would be easy to sell to, like, people who probably don't have time to run D&D games. Yeah, I mean... It's fair, but I'm I'm still unfortunately I just think to sell the game the way Skyrim and them have. Yeah, I mean I would play it, but I don't know yeah. if it's as like I could want it as much as I want and things like that. But I don't know if yeah. like the masses would. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. To I don't it. know. Meaning, I don't know if they'll ever make it, like Matt was saying. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean that, that's fair. I guess I'm just thinking like from that perspective. Um, yeah, no, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I, w- I would play it for sure, but you yeah. know, not everyone would. Which yeah. is kind of like the yeah. which, I mean, line and we've seen like a whole bunch of MMOs change their skill trees to be simpler now too. Yeah, so I mean it's, it, it's pretty much everything's been dumbed down. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, at least from the MMO perspective, excluding ESO thing because we're not even gonna get in their problems. But like the lack of skill trees which bugs me, but also it's made it's made things one, obviously more dumbed down and more casual, but also just kinda like there's a reason people still play Morrowind. There's a reason people are excited for Vanilla WoW as well. But it's also the downside of, like, you have to invest. It went from you can now invest in MMOs 10 hours a week and you'll be great, or maybe 20 hours a week, to where back then with these games you had to invest 40 hours a week pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, and as an adult who thought I had have way more time when yeah. I grew up to play <laughs> these video games, the I have near I don't have nearly as much time to put 16-hour days into World of Warcraft like I used to do. Yeah, uh, and that's unfortunately so. the trade-off. Because like I haven't got to play Guild Wars in the last this entire week. I know, me either. I was really excited to play Guild Wars today, and I was like, "All right, I'm gonna stay up after the podcast." But now I am 
beat like a drum. Yeah, this uh, we all technically have like two jobs at the moment with how yeah, much time we put into the podcast. Yeah, so <laughs> as much yeah. as I want D and D in my video games, I just kind of want to go there and simply just run around and click A and go kill Trust stuff. Me, there are plenty of times where I feel like I'm just that grandma just to say I'm playing. <laughs> it's great. I understand her. Oh, adulthood. <laughs> But no, like, yeah, I just don't, fortunately, like I said, that's why I think there are so many mods, at least in my opinion, there are so many mods for Morrowind and it keeps upgrading and updating it. Which also, fun fact too, apparently GameSpy rated it as one of the most highly, it made one of the list of the most overrated games of all time, but GameSpy also went out and shut down in 2013, so <laughs> suck at GameSpy. <laughs> That's all I had. <laughs> I guess, okay, so what's everybody's, I guess, lasting thoughts? I mean, we kind of touched on a lot of stuff. I know there's a lot of information. I try not to, but I feel like my podcast, when I do this, I just try to have everybody learn and hopefully. No, I mean, I think overall, like, I just want a giant lore book. Like, just one big book with, like, everything. So in the older games, you could buy these giant guild game guild books that were almost like full of lore and everything else, but they've kind of done away with that. Yeah, guidebooks are dead. <laughs> um, for me, I mean, Skyrim's great. I mean, like, I think it kind of brought back that kind of, I mean, because we have games like, uh, you know, Witcher made a big research and things like that. And I think a lot of that is attributed to how well Skyrim did in 2011. Yeah. Um, just from like the sales that it's done, and it's being remastered, it's getting put into VR. It's kind of brought that that kind of uh, that kind of world building back into the limelight with you know, games like Witcher Two, now Dragon uh, Monster Hunters is like a big thing. So these kind of high fantasy games are kind of making a resurgence, I think, um, from when we were younger. I think a lot of the reason is because of the Elder Scrolls series. Um, I wish the MMO was better, like. I guess I wish I wish the MMO was better on console. I think is a big thing because I don't want to. I already have it on the console, I mean, so I don't want to like transfer everything to like the PC. You can't. Uh, I mean, that's you. why I haven't been able. That's why I don't play it. You can't. Yeah, and that's I can't saying, find like, anybody to play. If it was better, I, I would keep playing it. But I, I think Skyrim is my favorite thing out of this whole thing, and what I put the most hours into, just because it was different than anything I had played up to that point. I acknowledge how big Skyrim is. But, like, I know y'all make fun of me for not reading and shit, but I put a lot of time into Demon Souls and the first Monster Hunter and, like, stuff like that. And, like, all that was around before Skyrim. Like, no, but I'm saying, like, but Skyrim brought it... those are from the Japanese it... sense, I guess. No, I'm just saying, like... Those are Japanese-made yeah. games. That's what I'm saying. Skyrim brought it into, like, the everyday household. Like, there's a reason why it's one of the best-selling games, um, like, in recent memory. Like I know, like on the all-time list, but like in recent memory, like what game is being remastered this much in the seven years that it's been out? I also don't think uh, it should be remastered, so I think that's why I just. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you can't. It's 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 brought it into like the I think the everyday household. Like it's meme, it's meme to hell. Like it's it's pop culture, and no, no, it definitely just, despite is. like it other is. games being around before it, it's it's I think it's kind of like, you know letting the games like Monster Hunter be, re- be remade again because if I don't know if that game would be remade again without a game like Skyrim kind of like no I enjoy Skyrim definitely an improvement I enjoy Skyrim obviously still not my favorite but it's still world better which is like bugs me still is Oblivion is still one of the highest rated games of all time and I it I hate playing that game 
I will say this, at least I at least I put 40 hours into I could put 40 hours into Skyrim and actually progress in the story. Whereas if I put 40 hours into Demon Soul, if you ever played Demon Soul listener, 40 hours you you kill like two freaking skeletons because that that game got harder every time you died. And I died a lot. <laughs> I don't know if this is the first game, it's also one of the games at least from growing up of the uh Learn to save at all times, every 20 minutes. Morrowind? Yes. Yeah, I can see that for sure. (laughs) I don't know if it was the first one around that was like that, but definitely I knew that's where I learned it from. Always save, every chance you get. But I know that's about all I have for this. There will be another episode, probably with more in-depth of lore looking and everything else. This was just more of the touch of the games. And if you haven't played any of them, go out and check some of them out. Daggerfall's free on the PC. And there's a Skyrim for whatever console you have in your house. And or PC. And yeah, no, or mobile free. phone. I go check that out. Yeah, Daggerfall is free. I think Arena's also free. On what? PC? Yeah. Those are the only things they're made on. Uh, Morrowind, I think, is like 10 bucks. And do not play Oblivion. <laughs> and Skyrim, you can pretty much like I said, you can find anywhere. Oh, do they do any phone ports? Like, like ports into, like, uh, mobile? I want to say there's a Skyrim one somewhere, but I'm not 100% sure. Our one fan bit why, though. Thank you for responding from Hollow October Film. That's what it says. And he says, he or she, not sure. Skyrim was my last significant relationship before I met my wife. Not even kidding. <laughs> that might be the best fan, but why that we've ever gotten. I know, yes. that's why I wanted to make sure the kids are in there. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> um, you can find the podcast at But Why Though PC on Twitter, and you can find us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash but why though PC. Come join the conversation. Let us know what you think about the Elder Scrolls franchise. If you're picking it up for the first time, or if you have any more questions, send them over to us. Or uh, you know, just let us know what you think about it. Send us your fan but why those. If you want to support us a little more, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash but why though PC. We have exclusive episodes for the three dollar tier, access to early episodes and research notes for the one dollar tier, and for ten dollars, you get to make us watch a movie. Um, from a streaming service and we review it and make you a whole episode so check that out and you can find me on twitter and instagram at oh my adrian yeah you can find me on twitter at super east 93 s-u-p-e-r-r-u-i-z 93 and i guess technically in elder scrolls online on xbox one <laughs> you haven't played that in so long I know. It's not even installed on my Xbox anymore. <laughs> I, realized, I realized that I was like 100 levels higher than all of you. Shout out to Omni Prodigy V Rain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't turn off his lights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt? One, if I could transfer that game to PC, I probably would, but I'm not leveling all the way back up to like 450 again. But you can find me on the Twitter at datm18, D A T T M 18.